Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. For the roundtable, our partner, National Women Veterans, excuse me, sorry, something in my throat, <laughs> with National Women Veterans United. July is American Diabetes and National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Today is Saturday, July 8th, 2023. Our host is Cliff Kelly. Our co-host is myself, Deborah Denhart, U.S. Air Force veteran and host of Women Have a Voice program. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega, Scouts Honor Productions. We are joined today by Rochelle Crump. Rochelle is a U.S. Army veteran, founder, and president of National Women Veterans United. Rochelle, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much, Deborah. I enjoy, you know, the opportunity all the time to be able to speak about, you know, things that affect and have an impact on military women veterans and, you know, of course, our organization and things that we do. You know, we see a lot of disparities and things like that, that, you know, we love that we have a voice to be able to share that information to the public so that they can be educated on it. So thank you. Absolutely. And our topic today is the Service Members and Veterans Empowerment and Support Act of 2023. So I really want you first, can you explain what this act is and what it means to um, service members and veterans? Okay, so that um, legislation is being proposed by the uh, DAV and the DAV auxiliary. And it is basically talking about the military sexual trauma and assault in the military and service and the <clears throat> excuse me the disparities that are going on with even you know when they get out and they're putting their claims in um the VA had this round early on when they started you know having a larger population of women veterans coming forward to talk about military sexual trauma and assault and what they did was they denied quite a few claims. Uh, in fact, the majority of them, because they're citing there wasn't enough evidence, there wasn't enough documentation, um, you know, and it's hard to prove in so many ways. A lot of them would be silent and not necessarily talk about it. Uh, and then when they got out and they heard that that was actually a claim that they could tell their story, you know, it wasn't so much about mm -hmm. the compensation. It was more about what happened to them. It was their story. It was things that basically they still live today. And so this uh, actual bill points out the fact that the VA has not done due diligence in order to, you know, help them through this process. Uh, they've denied them based on improper development. They basically have um, not included a lot of times post-traumatic stress disorder along with the military sexual trauma. 
and that, you know, they reported that over 40% of the claimants who, you know, requested a particular uh, examination were not honored for, you know, their stories and what they told and what happened to them. And so the DAV has, you know, examined this and they see the, you know, the wrong that has been done. They see the struggles that they have not yet uh, corrected in the Department of Veterans Affairs, the policies and uh, current longstanding, you know, longstanding problems in administering claims for military uh, survivors. So a lot of times what happens also is that women give up on their claims after they've been denied. They walk away because they're angry. No one heard them. They don't get the support that they need, which means that then they are not eligible a lot of times because if it's a peacetime person, peacetime uh, service member, and this is not just women, it's men also. We want to make that clear. You know, there's a percentage of men who have been basically caught up in that same scenario where they have not been honored, you know, in terms of uh, reporting, you know, what happened to them. And what happens, you know, is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I was going to say I, that I really kind of woke up when I read the, some of the statistics myself, and I thought one in three women have been affected by military sexual, you know, trauma, and one in fifty mm-hmm. men. I mean, sometimes you just don't yes. think that. Yeah, men are involved too, so we can't leave them out as well. You know, as far as mm-hmm. the piece of this, you know, as this, you know, trauma is affecting them. Yes. And, you know, it was a, a, a lot of, you know, it depended on where people were, what basically they were dealing with, you know, in terms of even like when you talk about the Navy, you know, the Navy is, is something mm-hmm. that's rare. So you have those small quarters, you have them out on, on the, you know, water mm-hmm. months at a time, you know, and, you know, it's just a total different process than, you know, with your Army, the Navy, the Air Force, you know. And so those things were really, like, probably ongoing a longer time than what we know in terms of, you know, reporting and things like that about what was happening. Uh, And so we have to look at the fact that, you know, women, they get discouraged. They're not getting the help that they need for that. And as I was saying about the peacetime, they won't be eligible a lot of times for service, you know, health care services in the VA because of the peacetime service. And, um, you know, we look at that and then you have to wait so long. Well, there there are thousands of claims that are pending now. You know, it's a a huge Mm. number. You know, each year it gets worse, you know, because more people are filing for different things than came along the pack and that added on to it. You know, and it's a really tedious job, you know, to examine the information that you get on medicals. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them are not doctors. That's one thing, you know, and they do a lot of referring out and they also do a lot of, you know, uh, having to do appeals as well. Because once they turn them down, the people encourage them to file a you know, follow an appeal, so they're coming back again. So it's just tons and tons of claims. And they're telling people now, you know, it's almost two years, 
You know, it could be two whole years before you even get information. That's why they encourage them. You know, number one is to try to get as much evidence as you can and to make sure that, you know, you stay on it. And any evidence that you have, that means getting letters from people who serve with you, um, having your family uh, can give notifications about how you were at one time and how you are now, you know, from the time that you left to go into the service to how you're doing now. Uh, A lot of them wind up homeless because they can't work. You know, they carry this trauma around with them all the time. It doesn't go away. It's not Mm -hmm. easy, you know, when that happens to you. Well, it takes courage to just make that step. You know, it takes courage to say, I'm going to file. You know, I want to file for yes. benefits and to just kind of like say it out loud, you know, mm-hmm. because while they're in the military, they're afraid to say anything. There's been pressure. I've talked to multiple women who have been, um, has military sexual trauma, you know, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. some because of fear didn't say anything while they were active duty. You know, yeah, and so, and some did say something, you know, so I think it just depends on there were different branches involved, and you know, I think it's just for them to so this process that you're talking about of just filing you know what what are some of those challenges that you you you've seen in in just the filing process that people believe in you, that's the first thing, and you know before they didn't have a lot of women who were service officers who they would be able to go to and tell their stories to and, you know, feel like they're being heard. So, you know, they have a much larger population of women who are actually service officers now. So that was one good Mm -hmm. step that they made. However, they don't make the decisions. So it comes to the decisions. You have people who are biased in every way about, you know, what happened to you and why people can't move on. You know, the oldest must not have been, you know, such a a terrible ordeal. They're still doing this. They're still, they may still be working, you know, not to look into everything that's going on in their lives, you know. So I think a lot of it comes from just uh, plain, um, I would just say, people's interpretation and their own biases that they have in order to understand what happened to somebody else. Everybody's trauma is not your trauma, you know. So, you know, you go through that process and you expect that at some point in time, you know, they will, you know, right now i got a really bad case and, you know, I can't really talk about it. I can tell you that they even had evidence, you know, and it was lucky that the family, she is deceased now, but the family is fighting, you know, on her behalf. And they even had a news article where it was um, from the, I guess, the sheriff's office or something like that, that uh, was having a media, uh, you know, uh, a, a media uh, piece with the with the news art with the news, and they told everything about what had happened, how the person got on base, and all of this. They found the person with their purse and, you know, all they had all of this evidence, like, in black and white. Mm-hmm. And the VA still ignored it, ignored it. I mean, it was just unreal. However, she passed before she could, you know, defend what happened to her. And so, you know, we look at that a lot of times when we say defend it, defend it physically, but also mentally it wears on them, you know, and, and then they shut down. 
So, you know, that's a lot of what we see and in, in what happens to those claims sometimes, and then they sit idle because they just can't deal with it right now. You know, then they may come back mm-hmm. later on because people are encouraging them, no, don't give up, you know, you have to keep going with it, you know, and it's true. You know, you have to yeah. stay with it because Do you if feel, you don't, you won't get it. Absolutely. Do you feel this act will help? I know one of the points was to help with the documentation, right, in this act. No, it's it's in process, right? It hasn't been enacted yet. Is that right? That's correct. It's it's actually okay. a proposal somewhat, you know, but okay. they're trying okay. to push it out to the public to make them more aware of it. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, this is what I really like about the DAV is that they actually can compose those letters for the senators, for your con- congressperson, and you don't have much to do. You know what I'm saying? It tells you the information mm-hmm. that you need to know about the bill and then it also assists you through a portal or app that allows you to just sign your name in there. After you've read it and you agree with it and you're helping the cause, you know, and, and that's great because, you know, some people, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not good at writing or, you know, they get too busy to do this and, you know, things like that. This helps to move the legislation along for those that make decisions, they can see how many people have been alerted to this issue, and then it's in on them, you know. So, so pow- it's, it's power a great number. Way. Yeah. Right, Rochelle. So power and number, right? Yeah. We need to get our names on there, to read them, read this, and help support. Now, how can they do that? Who can they call? Yeah. What's the contact information for them to say, hey, I want help with this or connect me to how I can be part of this? Yes, they can call the DAV. They should call the DAV directly. You know, there are several organizations that they just Google them, look them up. Some may be in their neighborhood. You know, just contact them, tell them they heard about it, and they would like to support it, and they will give them the information, and they will give them, you know, the tools that they need to actually just sign in online. So, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, that would be the now, best way that I would suggest that they do it. Okay, D A V as in Victor. Okay, that so is correct. So mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that's their so acronym. The the interesting thing that I thought about this this act that would would help with documentation because it brings out non military support supportive documentation. Yes, that's, that's what I was saying. Your family. Yeah, oh, right. absolutely. Oh, right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Your family, you know, um, mm-hmm. they see you. They see how you were. They know how you were in school before you went into the military and, you know, right. and you made that sacrifice. You know, they saw you when you came home. And the thing about it is a lot of them get out mm-hmm. earlier than they what they might have done had they not been assaulted. You know, they can't deal with it anymore. And also to see the perpetrator still walking around because a lot of them were officers. And so a lot of people didn't believe it. They didn't believe it, you know. And the ones that they actually, you know, went to court and all that kind of stuff, they basically were able to retire out of the military, you know. And one of the things that we, the National Women Veterans United, has been pushing for is to – the remedy is make the penalties harder, number one. That's the first mm-hmm. thing, you know, 
don't let them retire. And if they do retire, they leave out if, in fact, they have been convicted, that they should go on the National Register as a sex offender. It's just as simple as that. It's no reason. And I don't know if you saw the, the report from the uh, Military Times back in March. Well, now they call it something else. They didn't call it rape. They call it unwanted sex. And, and you know, what a slap in the face that is to women and to, you know, the men who may have been harmed. You know, rape is rape, and you call it what it is so that the penalty can fit that bill. And so, you know, if, in fact, they are registered offenders, then they have a record, unlike them getting out of the military and being a predator in the community. And some of them may have even come into the military as a predator. Who knows? You know, so they yeah. So they don't. They're they're not listed as a predator when they leave the military. If that happens during the military, is that what you're saying? That's correct. That is correct. They get a court martial. They may have to do some time in the brig, but they're not on the register. That has not been the legislative piece for them to to force that onto the legislation. Is that part, I didn't see so, that in this um, act, but maybe on the no. next one. You know, yeah. I mean, it, I guess this is a start, right? This is a start it's a, of. It's a start. What, it's a start, but this is like the second round because, you know, thanks to organizations like this that, um, you know, are still fighting for us and, and rightfully so because they're seeing the injustice that, that has, you know, actually taken place that is just making it harder for women to even go into their organizations. You know what I'm saying? Because they're male-dominated organizations, and if you've been a victim of, you know, this type of behavior, you're not willing to go and sit in those organizations where there are hardly no women and all men. So, you know, they see the impact that it actually has on, you know, their membership, on women that they talk to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we thank them for, you know, that awareness and and standing up for us, you know. Yeah. So there's there's so much more. Sorry, Michelle. Mm -hmm. We have about a minute left, but I want you to a few closing thoughts before we close it out and, you know, encouraging those women to not give up, to continue to you know, have a voice and speak up. So go ahead. Absolutely. And so, you know, what we want them to do is to connect to organizations. They don't have to join our organization. They should check us out, though, to see if we have, in fact, some things that can help them. Right now, what we're doing is we're looking at the fact that there is so much going on in the communities with the killings, with all of this bad behavior, and people are afraid. They're staring in their homes. They're stressed out, you know, and so many other things, you know, finances, everything that there is that, you know, does not let us live in peace. So what we're doing now is monthly we have uh, partnered with the American Red Cross, and we're they're actually facilitating their adult connecting uh, workshop. Sorry, so Rochelle. Every month we have, sorry, have I'm sorry. Rochelle, i got to cut you off, but we got to close out. But thank you so much for being no a guest problem. today. I really appreciate it, building awareness on this, and just for us to connect with Dav, to have a voice in this, and empower our women to thank say something, so and our men. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. We'll be right, right back with more America's Heroes. 
with more America's Heroes Group. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.